today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. This weekend, uh, another demonstration is planned, but also a uh, friendly rally is planned at the same place, and they're both going to be happening in the forecourt of Hamilton City Hall. A uh, peaceful rally being planned Saturday by Pride Hamilton uh, with a number of other uh, individuals that are going to be involved uh, in this as well. It's uh, to counter hate. Cameron Croach is uh, with Pride Hamilton, of course, a community member, uh, joining us here on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Cameron, thank you for the time. Good to have you with us today. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me with you. Uh, talk to us about the decision to do this. Uh, this has been, um, as we know, a rather incendiary place over the last couple of weeks, talking about the City Hall forecourt. Uh, but you've decided that you're going to weigh into this. And, and I, I know on le- one level, uh, everybody and anybody should feel free to be able to walk down the street or in front of City Hall uh, without fear of being ridiculed, without fear of, of being accosted. Um, and we're hoping that's going to be the case on Saturday. Yeah, we decided to do this because allies and others reached out and said that they wanted to plan a rally and I would probably like to participate and we thought this was a good, positive, peaceful, nonviolent way of sort of taking up space, and there'll be performances, there'll be kids' activities, and the the idea that it's a family-friendly event, and um, not really something where there'll be political speeches. It's it's meant sort of to be, um, you know, performative in that way. It's almost from the description I saw, Cameron, almost like a, a little festival that you're going to be doing, a, mi- a mini festival for a few hours. Similar, yes, there'll be some spoken word poetry and uh, there'll be some performances there. And the idea is just to create a space where we can openly celebrate and have allies come out and show their support. Because a lot of people have been asking and saying things like, well, what can we do? And, and, you know, I know that many groups have been going down to counter what have been normal um, activities in the forecourt with yellow vests and such. And so this seems like a way to begin to sort of um, show that solidarity and support from the wider community. Yeah, unfortunately, it's become normal. I wish uh, that, that we could say that it was abnormal, uh, and, and maybe that will come to pass, obviously, with some of the things that Council have done in the last little while and some of the restrictions. But we're going to get into that a little bit later on. Uh, you've got some friends who are going to be there. It's not just Pride Hamilton that's putting on the, uh, the, 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 uh, the rally uh, that's going to be happening on Saturday, but uh, the Hamilton District Labor Council, I'm told, uh, the uh, elementary teachers uh, local, uh, Hamilton for Center for Civic Inclusion, Environment Hamilton, a lot of folks are going to be with you. Yeah, so far I think on the Facebook event there are at least around 1,300 people who are sort of interested in going or going, and so it looks like it's going to be uh, quite a few folks that will show up, and there are lots of allies that are interested in participating in this. And to be honest, uh, Pride was the one that put in the application you know, to get the permit for the forecourt, and we've been sort of doing some of the framework stuff, but a lot of this has come from outside organizations wanting to all get together and do something to show support and solidarity for the community. Cameron, it's been a rough few weeks, uh, f- obviously for the LGBTQ community, but I think for the greater community as well because of some of the things that have happened uh, since Pride Week and since the, uh, the the flag raising, and you and I talked about it way back in those days too. That seems like it was so long ago now, but it wasn't really that long ago. Uh, talk to me about the way the community has, has responded and rallied. Uh, in the last little while. I mean, we've seen a lot of that support on social media, but I'm assuming Pride Hamilton has seen this and and, and is feeling this. At least I hope they are. Yeah, if I take my Pride hat off for a second and just give you my general observations, uh, this has been a really hard time. A lot of people have expressed that, um, you know, there have been um, real reduction. There's been a real reduction in the safe feeling 
that already didn't exist sort of in Hamilton for folks in the community um, through all this. But what I'm starting to see, too, is a lot of community resiliency. I'm seeing a lot of people coming together. I'm seeing solidarity. I'm seeing uh, new friendships and new relationships emerging in the community. Um, what I'd love to see more of, and I think a lot of the attention that's been been uh, put on this issue in ter- inside the community is, hey, you know, which voices are speaking out here? Who gets to talk? I mean, it's great that I'm here and able to talk to you, but trans, non-binary, youth, uh, you know, queer and trans, people of color, um, two-spirit folks, you know, how are we going to bring them to the center of this conversation? And this is a long overdue conversation in our community. And so what this situation has brought about is a way for us to reflect about how we talk to one another and how we make sure that everyone gets a seat at the proverbial table so that we can make sure whatever the outcomes are from this, that everyone can get behind them and that um, there's broad support. How do you do that? And, and again, I'm asking you just as a citizen here, as, as an observer, as somebody who's watched what's going on and certainly experienced some of the things that have gone on in the last little while, uh, that's, it, it's, I think a lot of people are like-minded and, and want to attain the same sorts of goals that you've just described here. How do you do this? How do you, what's the first step? What do we need to do here? Because I don't think we're there yet. No, I think there's a lot of healing that has to happen. I think we have to build capacity, and I think we have to, everyone has to be more open and be willing to be held accountable. So, you know, I've got lots of privilege and access, so people turn to me to ask questions, but what can I do better to say, hey, pass the baton to someone else, let this person speak, let this person speak out, when they're ready, right? Mm -hmm. So I do think that it's important to acknowledge that not everybody wants to, be taking a public position right now because there are a lot of safety concerns about what uh, what that means for them and um, the kind of attention they might get. And so I think we have to build capacity internally amongst all the different communities that make up the two-spirit LGBTQIA plus community. Um, but there still needs to be time to heal from what happened. Um, what's been the aftermath of this has been, I would say, you know, a lot of attention, um, but not a lot of time to process. So one thing that's happening is this rally, which I think is a good opportunity for folks to come together. And I think that we're also planning, Pride's also planning a uh, debrief on the 24th for members of the community and allies who are at Pride to talk through some of these things and, and perhaps come up with some outcomes and begin to frame how we might have more conversations like that. Where's we're not the, the only ones doing it, so other groups have already started having those kinds of debriefs and conversations. Have you had those uh, those initial conversations about organizing that uh, that meeting on the 24th? Yeah, we have had those initial conversations. It's going to require a lot of work from lots of folks in the community to pull off something like that to make sure there are safe spaces and that there's support for people who are feeling traumatized, um, but there's still an open way for us to discuss you know, some of the things that um, an organization like Pride should consider um, in planning for Pride 2020, some of the things we should talk about that came out of the event, and then what do folks want to see as outcomes from what's happened? There are different opinions, and then you and I talked about this, I think, the first time. It was just after the the, the terrible incident in, in Gage Park. Uh, it, it's very difficult for one person to speak with one voice for, for the, those, the many communities that you've just referenced here, uh, which I guess really underscores what you were talking about a few minutes ago, that it's important that, that everybody who, who feels that they need to be part of this should be part of that discussion. Yeah, and it's... You, you can't just single out one or two people and say, here, they, these people speak for the community. Yeah, I certainly don't. And I'm, you know, I'm wearing a few hats here, and I realize that, that makes it uh, makes it easy to sort of reach out to me. 
But that's one of the things the LGBTQ Advisory Committee said when it put that uh, motion forward on May 15th, is that, you know, we don't represent everyone. The process that got us here isn't representative. And so I think there's been a lot of acknowledgement already that this is a problem. Now it's time for us to do the work to begin to solve that problem. I don't have a quick and easy answer for how that happens because it's not up to me. It's going to be something that everyone has to come together uh, at the same point and say, hey, we're, we're comfortable with this kind of a process to get there. Because the longer we wait to address that really big systemic issue, um, you know, the weaker our community will get. So we need to have that internal strength by having everyone feel like they're part of the conversation. And that's just not where we are right now. It's interesting. Uh, you and I had that discussion just around, uh, well, the advent of, of flag or of, of Pride Week and, and, of course, the flag raising. And I know that you and the advisory committee expressed some concerns, uh, not just about that, but about a number of other things to do with the committee itself. Uh, and that seems to have got lost in all the other events that have happened over the last little while, but it's still something that, that I know that you want to see addressed. Um, some major issues there about the composition of the committee, the size of the committee, the the influence that committee should have uh, in the community and with city council as well. Those are, those are issues that have to be part of this discussion, I would think. Well, I know the LGBTQ Advisory Committee has continued to work on that, and the way that uh, that committee is set up is that it meets monthly. So that process, unfortunately, is going to take a while to resolve because you have to get drafts of motions approved. Those approved motions then have to be accompanied by a report, and that report has to be approved and then sent up to the next committee, right, and then off mm-hmm. eventually to GIC and Council for their approval um, in order to get those things happening. So I think that there's a bit of a road there, but that is something that has gotten lost in this process, but uh, the LGBTQ Advisory Committee is meeting next week on July 16th, and then they're having a working group meeting on the 23rd, so those things are moving along as quickly as they're legislatively allowed to, essentially. Um, and, uh, of course, all these committees are volunteers, and volunteers are running all these things. I mean, I think that's something that does get lost in a lot of what's out there, is that Pride is entirely volunteer-run, the LGBTQ Advisory Committee is entirely volunteer-run, and many of the people involved in these groups and many other groups uh, in the community are volunteers. And so this is being done on the backs of things they already have going on and kind of on the side of their desk. So... That, that plays a role here, and that's a big part of where there's an imbalance in power like between entities who have lots of paid staff or a city or other, other groups who are professionalized. Uh, Saturday, uh, this uh, is going to be going on, as we mentioned, for a few hours, just around the middle of the day. Uh, in all likelihood, there's uh, likely to be another set of people there that maybe are not as supportive, and I, I'm using the term advisably because, I mean, I'm... Uh, uh, we we don't want to get into confrontational aspects, but uh, are you concerned about that, that there may be other people there that uh, are going to be less than enthusiastic about your presence there? There's probably nothing I'm more concerned about right now than the safety of our community. It's on my mind every day, um, my own personal safety, safety of people I know, safety of people who are much more marginalized than I am. So, yeah, it's something I'm concerned about. And it's something that I know folks helping to organize the rally are thinking about. And so just like um, rallies in the past that have happened in relation to Pride, there will be volunteers there, rally marshals, who will be trying to do the best they can to watch out and look out and diffuse tension and those kinds of things. And, and hopefully, you know, this is going to be a much ado about nothing. We'd like to think that nothing will happen. Just the past experience indicates that uh, there's, that's a possibility. And, and I'm, I'm hoping also that the people that are going to be involved in, in not just the rally itself, but uh, that are going to be there as observers are going to be cognizant of that too 
And uh, that's certainly something that we're going to be looking forward to, and hopefully it's it's not going to happen at all. But it has been something that that has to be a, a very strong concern, I think, for an awful lot of people. Uh, that idea about safe spaces, that idea about public safety, that idea about being able to walk down the street uh, without being jeered at and without being insulted. And um, it's, it's one of the things, I guess, that, that a lot of us were concerned about. We've heard some stories, and you've related some stories, and I've talked to other people uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, Cameron, that have uh, have been able to express uh, uh, some long-standing issues, uh, and that's one of the points I made yesterday when we were talking about this on the program. That uh, I know that a lot of the discussion seems to be centered around the flag raising and what happened at, at Gage Park. Uh, that wasn't the beginning of the problems here. That simply exposed some long-standing problems, didn't it? Yeah, a lot of people in the community have been speaking out through social media to tell stories. I know that just Dakota Langtree has been doing that and talking about some some things that have systemically happened. I know other people in the community have been telling stories about things that happened, um, you know, in the 90s and in the uh, 2000s, uh, those kinds of time periods that led us to this place where there are there you know we're kind of we're kind of behind some history here, right? Um, there have been some tensions and issues. Uh, there was. You know, internal committees um, that existed and then were disbanded, and so there's a, there's a lot a lot of history here that I think, because of the precarity and the precarious nature of our community, um, we haven't really had the ability uh, always to deal with that. We've been been busy doing things like trying to plan a festival or trying to plan an event or trying to do something else or resisting something. Um, I think that it's something important for for listeners to realize is that you know. When you have the privilege of institutionality, you're able to, you know, you're able to be insulated from some of these things, and you're able to be strategic. You're able to step back and say, "Hey, we want to do this." And there's less opportunity to be strategic when you're at the ground level, just trying to get, uh, you know, an event planned or trying to resist something or react to something. So I think this might be a chance for us to come together as a community and build capacity. So we can take on some of these larger systemic issues. You're going to be in front of City Hall. I, I've had a number of people from the LGBTQ community over the last couple of weeks question whether or not City Council themselves were, were behind your initiatives and supportive of that. Uh, do you share that concern, or have you seen anything in the last couple of weeks to, to assuage some of those concerns? That's a really tough, big question to answer, simply because City Council is, um, in some ways, um, a body that's designed to do certain legislative things and not others. I think that outside of I think that outside of city council, my own personal feeling is that we have individual leaders in our community who can do more to signify that they're behind something, um, to be specific about concerns the community is raising. So I think that that's been something that's still quite lacking. But um, beyond that. Um, I think the focus needs to be on the community at this point. It need needs to be on what the community can do to build resiliency and what the community can do to um, see outcomes achieved. Yes, I would definitely like to see um, our leaders speak out really specifically to the points that have been addressed um, in the community, the things that they've heard publicly, the letters they've received. Um, that's not going to happen, and I think it's something we have to accept. Well, some have, some not so much, and some not at all, and that's that's unfortunate as well. Uh, we'll leave it at that for now. We're just about out of time. Cameron, as always, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, good luck with the, the rally on Saturday. I hope things go well for everybody involved, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Appreciate this today. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Cameron Croach, of course, from uh, Pride Hamilton. 
The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.